Hello everyone and welcome to the home birth experience. I am your host Julia Meyer, midwife and founder of Cleveland Home Birth. You can find us on clevelandhomebirth.com, Cleveland Home Birth on Instagram and Facebook. I am so excited to be here today to bring you another podcast. I am joined today with a treasured midwife and friend, Barbara Leahy. How are you, Barb? Hi, Julia. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure that you are here with us. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to tell everybody that's listening, Barb and I recorded this podcast, was it yesterday, Barb? I believe so. It all runs together. So wait, there... wait, wait. You want me to try and remember something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yesterday we recorded this podcast and the app for the microphones all of a sudden stopped and said, you don't have enough storage to save this. And I thought that I like changed the settings and saved it. And then we started back up and it didn't save. So here we are again today. <laughs> Cause we had to bring you this podcast. I mean, I think it's pretty great. So um, anyway, so we need to introduce you Barb. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I am in Toledo. I have a practice called Toledo Midwives, and I've been a midwife for about uh, 43 years. Um, so I got involved in midwifery because I wanted to have my babies at home. But I've been married to my husband for nearly 49 years, and so we were having babies a long time ago. <laughs> um, so when I became pregnant for our first... And I said to my husband, um, you know, what do you think about having the baby at home? He thought I was crazy. <laughs> Most and of them do. I know. They still do. Most dads still think this is crazy. Mm -hmm. So we had that one in the hospital. And then when I became pregnant for our second one, I didn't have to say too much because he said, oh, I know you want to have this one at home. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right. That's what we're going to do. Except I had a really, really hard time finding somebody to help us do this perfectly natural, normal thing. Of course, back then we didn't have, um, you know, access to computers and the internet as we do these days. So it was totally word of mouth. And, um, I did not, was not able to find anybody until I was about seven or eight months along. And, you know, that whole thing right there is what I thought was crazy. I was like, that shouldn't be that hard to find a midwife. So yeah, I, I started, agree. Um, I've heard that before. Sorry? I've heard that before from, from midwives that have practiced as long as you have, that, that you just couldn't find anybody before. Well, it was difficult, you know, and people were um, like you know, under the radar, you know, they just were like, because we're going against the norm and they don't want to be bothered with medical people and, and 
legal people and whatever else. So yeah, it was hard. Hmm. How'd you actually end up finding somebody? Word of mouth through a, my brother's friend's mother who heard about somebody. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre. And, and I wasn't allowed to say that she told me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, but anyway, after I had that first, that second baby, our first home birth, um, I started hanging around with the gals that helped us. And then within the year, my husband got transferred to um, Newark, Ohio. I found the lay midwives in Columbus and I entered a formal apprenticeship and that was with the organization called Choice, and they are still alive and well in Columbus. Um, so we were in that area for, you know, two, three years, and then my husband got transferred out to the Portland, Oregon area. And that's when I started practicing on my own. So eventually we got back to Toledo, and been here ever since. And I love Northwest Ohio. I love Toledo. Although I do wish, since it is January, I wish that there was snow out there <laughs> instead of brown grass and gray sky. I could take the gray skies if there was snow. I agree. It just makes it prettier. Well, and we're supposed to have snow. We're in the north, for heaven's sake. I agree. I agree. So you have been practicing for 43 years and I just want to thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared with me and things that you've helped me with and I know that you've helped lots of other young midwives on their path so I'm super grateful for you. Thank you. That's nice to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So today we kind of wanted to talk about didn't kind of, we are going to talk about a movie that just came out on Netflix a couple of weeks ago called Pieces of a Woman. And we thought it was important to discuss this movie on a public platform because home birth is becoming a little more popular with COVID and it's in the spotlight. In this movie, I don't believe portrays home birth very well. And since it's being talked about in social media, I thought, let's, let's talk about it, break it down, give people our synopsis and thoughts on it. So Barb was nice enough to agree to do this with me. So I guess we'll just start by talking about kind of a summary of the movie. Do you want to kind of jump into that, Barb? Well, it's called Pieces of a Woman, and it basically starts off with um, this woman and her partner. Let's see, who are they? They're Martha and... Sean. Sean. And they are having a home birth, and um, so they you know, get a hold of the midwife and the midwife comes and some complications arise and the baby dies. And then we go through a very long drawn out grieving process, you know, viewing how each of the, the people the I'm sorry, viewing how the woman and the man grieve differently and 
um, eventually there, there comes a trial because the mother's mom, so the maternal grandmother, and the baby daddy want to uh, prosecute the midwife for this loss. And um, that's basically the overview in a nutshell. Yeah, I agree. That's a good overview. And like I said to you, whenever we recorded this last, I really feel like this movie should be called Pieces of Grief. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the movie is more about grieving than it is about just the woman. Well, and, and furthermore, the movie, I think, addresses more of the man's grief than the woman's grief. So I, I, I have a hard time relating the title to the movie itself. I agree, and I struggle with how the the news, if you will, they're advertising it as home birth because I have a Google alert on my phone for any article that comes out that pertains to home birth. And multiple times, different articles have popped up on my alerts about pieces of a woman in home birth. And this really is not about home birth. No, I, I agree. It, it doesn't seem to be about home birth as much as it is about how these two are processing their grief. I mean, both. Okay, so right off the bat, we've got some very rare and odd scenarios that start, you know, that get everything started. So first of all, we've got a mama who's having her first baby. She has a lightning fast delivery. Yeah, not realistic. I mean, lightning fast, labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as we said before, wouldn't it be so sweet if we knew that all of our first time mamas were going to deliver that quickly? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I think in the last 10 years, I've had that happen once. That yeah, fast. typically mama, first time mamas are going to have some length to their labor. Mm-hmm. You know, not maybe, I mean, it seemed to me like this maybe happened in three or four hours. Tops. It, it didn't, it was dark out when things started. It, it didn't ever get light out and they didn't go through the night and the day or they didn't go through the day and the night. I mean, I don't know. It was just lightning fast. And, so, and that, then, so then the midwife picks up on some low heart tones. But wait a and, minute. Wait a minute. We missed the other. There was sorry. something before that. We, it's really rare to miss a birth. And when they called their midwife to let her know that she was in labor, the midwife said, oh, I'm at another birth. I'm going to send another midwife, which you and I have talked about. It is really, I've never personally missed a birth because I'm with another woman. I've missed births because the babies come super fast and it's like their fifth baby or sixth baby. And, you know, I get in the car as fast as I can and I just can't make it there in time. But I think that that also is a little far-fetched that, you know, this woman that they've never met shows up at their labor. She doesn't introduce herself. She just goes straight for, okay, I'm going to check your cervix now. 
I mean, that would never happen. Well, it, I wouldn't say that it never happens, but it's, it's a, the point is, is that it's rare. Well, yeah. I mean, what would never happen is a midwife walks in the room and just says, I'm going to check your cervix now. <laughs> well, uh, but I'm saying that I'm not, I, 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 I don't like to say never. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> never say never. I mean, it could happen, but the point is, is that it's rare. So the things that they have touched on are some very rare and unusual scenarios that they're, you know, putting this whole uh, picture together on. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Like, it would be very rare for a person to call their midwife and the midwife say, I can't come, I'm sending somebody else. Um, because it, it can happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it can happen, but it's very rare. Mm -hmm. It's not an, an, a normal circumstance. Right. Yeah. So, so we get back to then where, you know, labor's progressing and midwife, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is all very fast. As I said, midwife is checking heart tones. And so, you know, the last heart tones that she's getting, she's, she gets a little, Concern. She gets very concerned because the heart tones are low. She tells dad to call the squad and she tells mom, we need to go to the hospital. And mom says, no, we're staying right here. So she's telling her to push her guts out. And she does. She pushes the baby out. And uh, midwife, baby cries. Midwife gives the baby the mama. We've got a pink baby, a crying baby. Everybody's happy, happy. Two minutes later, we've got a baby that's crashing. Mm -hmm. That, again, is a very rare occurrence that you have a healthy uh, pink baby, crying, screaming baby that suddenly crashes. Right. Yeah, very they don't typically thing. come out vigorous and then take a turn for the worst. It, it can happen. But it's rare. But it's extremely rare. Very rare. I mean, the times that I've had resuscitations, the baby comes out and you know immediately. There's no waiting, you know, the two minutes, the NRP. I mean, you're, you're right there. You know this baby's going to need help. That was not the case with this one. So that, again, was very rare. And the other thing that you and I talked about was the fact that the dad goes running out of the apartment, flagging down oh, the squad. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> they have GPS. They know where they're going. He's not needing to go outside and come in here. Come on. I know. Whenever I see that in the movie, I'm like, come on, people. Like you said, they're using GPS. They know exactly where you are. You don't have to go out and make sure they know where you are. Right. Oh my God. Okay. So that was rare. And then what else was rare? I don't know. I think as far as the birth goes, that was pretty much all that was rare. So, but then that kind of leads into, we were talking about the cinematography of it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so, you're right, right. Yeah, so the cinematography, a lot of times 
we thought, what are we looking at? And, you know, from a midwife's perspective, it may be a little bit different than the average viewer because when they're resuscitating or when the midwife rather is resuscitating the baby, we don't know what she's doing. It sounds like she's using an Ambu bag to give positive pressure ventilation. I, I don't really know, but I wanted to like move the camera and see what is going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cinematography, I thought, throughout the movie was very poor. And um, just so many strange things that we're having to look at. Like, somebody in the room is talking, and we're not, we're not looking at the person who's talking. Instead, we're looking at somebody's face who has no reaction. It's just like, you're, this person is staring back at you, and you're staring at the person, and no reaction to what is being said. Or another t several other times, we're looking at people's necks yeah. when they're talking. We're You're looking right. at the speaker's neck. Yep. And and as you said, when when the midwife was doing the resuscitation, we're like, I don't know what we were looking at. The mama's knees. We're looking at anything except the midwife and the baby. Which is what the action that's where the action was you know with the resuscitation I, I just didn't get that whole thing i didn't get it at all i mean overall the movie was very very slow so slow and then the things in between that bothered me you know of course this is in my opinion more about grief than it was anything else and they're showing how she's grieving they're showing how Sean is grieving. So Martha, she, I think, correct me if I'm wrong or add to it, she took a very distant approach to it. She was distant with everyone. She was standoffish. She was defensive. And then they show her going back to work and everyone just staring at her when she comes back to work, which, yeah, I'm sure... You know, it's awkward when you know something happened that wasn't a positive in someone's life and you're not you're not really sure how to react to them or what is what to say to them. But then she goes to the bathroom at work, public bathroom, right? And and they show at the bottom of the door, like the, the camera's outside. Is the camera outside of the bathroom stall? Uh, yeah, she's in the bathroom stall, right. Yeah, and they show her dropping her pants all the way to her ankles and her depends, you know? So, like, we have to imagine from that that she went back to work, what, on postpartum day two or three or four? Because none of my women need to wear depends after the first few days. And who drops yeah. their drawers all the way to the floor? I know. Who does that? <laughs> Nobody, nobody drops their pants all the way to their ankles. You know, you're, you're trying your best to not touch anything in a public restroom. You're certainly not going to let your, your trousers meet the floor. I know. And I just thought, why are we showing the depends? What, what is up with this? This is such a disgusting. weird thing. That was disgusting to have to, to see that. Mm-hmm. When it was like... I, I mean, it was... I don't know. It's just, it's just, it went too far. It did. And then you know what else went too far was, okay, so 
Um, Martha and Sean, obviously at this point, their marriage or relationship or whatever it is, is very strained. You know, they're starting to become estranged from each other as they're processing this grief very differently, very independently. And the Sean, he goes to this woman's office, if I remember correctly, and has sex with this woman who then turns out was hired by Sean and the maternal grandmother to prosecute the midwife. Right, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think the grandma hired her because somehow she was related. Okay. But still, I mean, was that necessary? Do we need to see him having sex with the lawyer? Well, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't necessary. And But the other necess- unnecessary sexual scenes were with Martha herself. Um, that was disturbing. That sex scene was disturbing. Yeah, it was. And, and although it may be true... I'm not sure that we needed to see everything that they showed us. You could have, you know, that was a good time to show us somebody's neck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, or whatever. Look off into the distance while that's going on. But I do think that it portrayed how men and women grieve differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, men are very um, sexual creatures and... Um, I, I know that's stereotyping, but okay. <laughs> I mean, we can say whatever we want. But it's but that's what guys do. And so, okay, so perhaps that was one of his ways to release his grief. And Martha wasn't want to, you know, she didn't want to, uh, she was not ready for one thing and she didn't want to participate. And he basically forced her. And, but it just... I have I have trouble with unnecessary sex scenes. Of course, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't really think there are necessary sex scenes. So, so that's private. Doesn't need to be shown. And in my opinion, that's part of pornography. I agree a hundred percent. But you and I are both conservative, and it's okay for you know people to feel that that's okay to view. You and I personally don't care to view that. But you know, and some men, I will say, like in defense of men, some men process grief differently and aren't such physical sexual creatures and may have done things differently. But yeah, for this, this guy, Sean, he just was kind of raging. And, you know, he was in recovery from being an alcoholic or drug user. And then they show him sneaking alcohol and getting involved in drugs again. And, just this tailspin of really bad stuff which is very believable yes i I agree easily could happen yeah because you know you lost your first child and then you don't have the bond with your partner to work through it together i can totally see how it would drive someone to drink yeah yeah it was um It, it was, oh, shoot. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Lost <laughs> it. 
out the window. It happens. Train pulls out of the station. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it definitely shows the different ways of grieving. And, you know, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but I think uh, mom and dad venturing into birth and especially postpartum, there's so much value and it's so crucial for the relationship to be healthy. I mean, of course, we all hit bumps in the roads in our relationships, but to have really good communication, something that I talk about with my clients is speaking clearly what you're feeling and what your needs are so that there are not misunderstandings because I've seen way too many times, I just saw it a few weeks ago, you could cut the tension with a knife with this couple and they're at my office for a prenatal. I could tell already this marriage is not in a good place and I thought this baby is probably breech now. She's 35 weeks. I bet you it's breech. Well, sure enough, the baby flipped breech because they were down each other's throats. So I had a little mini counseling session with them and said, you know, this baby is sensing this stuff and you need to fix it. You need to work through it. You need to do whatever it takes. And I'll be darned, a week later, they had worked through things. You could feel the love between them. And that baby was head down again. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yep. I've seen it too. I've seen where, you know, um, a relationship is going sour and, you know, like, Typically, mom and dad both come to to our prenatals, and mom is coming by herself time and time again, and finally she lets us in on the fact that things are not good at home. And that baby was breech. Yep. And it stayed breech. Wow. So did she deliver vaginally? No, she went to the hospital. They had, she had a section. Yeah. Okay, so I totally took us off off the rails but um okay so getting back on yeah I mean relationship is everything it's key and you know for the audience if you're an expecting uh parent or you're in the postpartum period you know that's what we're here for as as your care providers talk to us about it we may not have the answers but sometimes just releasing that like saying it out loud to somebody who is a third party that's safe, that isn't going to repeat what you tell them is all you need. You know, don't hold things in, especially when you're pregnant or postpartum. I mean, you, that's not, you don't need to carry those weights. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I, um, <laughs> I can pick up on something and when the mama goes off to the bathroom to do her urine check, I'll, I'll have a little mini session with daddy and maybe tell him some, give him some explicit examples of thing, ways that he can be kind to her or make her feel more beautiful or, um, you know, I mean, I'm just picking up on stuff that it seems to me mama needs to hear this from him or he needs to do this for her. You know, he needs to be more uh, um attentive to the other children or whatever. Mm -hmm. And 
I think the dads really appreciate that. I agree. Because it, sometimes they're like, I don't know what to do for her. You know, yep. the hormones are going every which way, and he hasn't got a clue. Yep. I agree. I totally agree. I think that they really like that direction, that guidance. And because it isn't easy for us as women, because we do have these hormones that are going up and down and flooding our bloodstream and sometimes we can't control our emotions and it's not that we want our partner to be punished or go through the the hormonal roller coaster that we're feeling but but they do and so you know I think it's also valuable to 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 give sympathy to the man, you know, and to normalize it for him to say, you know, it's not just your wife. It's not you. Like this is, this is just a heightened time of emotions and hormones. Right. Yeah. Now we're really off the rails. Yeah. I was going to say, we really need to get back to the movie here, kiddo. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so we were talking about the cinematography and the scenes. Oh, we went off the rails with, we were talking about the sex scenes. Right, well, we're done with that. Yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> okay, so was there anything Let's talk else? about the trial. Oh, the trial. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, go on about the trial. Well, I don't want to give the movie away because I know there are people out there that want to see it, but I will say, in the end, Martha the birthing woman does the right stuff and she makes some extremely valid points at the trial. Yep. And I was very, I was very proud of the way they tied that up. So, okay. One good thing. Yes. Yes. One good <laughs> thing. One good thing in the movie. Although um, we don't know how the trial ended. Correct. <sighs> Yep, they don't ever tell us what the judge decides. So you're left hanging. Furthermore, you're left hanging at the very end when we see this little girl who is six or seven years old-ish, like walking through an apple orchard, climbs a tree, gets an apple, and then Martha joins her in the orchard. Mm -hmm. So are we led to believe that this is Martha's second child? I know. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the ending was anticlimactic, in my opinion. There was no closure. Nope. Not really. Not, I, I'm not one of those movie buffs who likes to, you know, try and figure things out. Just spell it out for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Then we would be great movie partners because I am the one sitting there on the couch going, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, not our cup of tea. Nope. Nope. It's not. Um, okay. Yeah. So the trial and um, what else? I think that's kind of it. I do too. Yeah. So again, if any of this was a repeat, because we're going to patch together what we did save of the, the first recording and this recording. So sorry, everyone, if there's a little bit of a repeat, but I think we covered everything. Okay. 
Better to repeat than to leave something out, right? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully your guy can do something to mesh these two together. Right? That's the problem because we're not in the studio recording with the producer. We're, you know, using my own equipment at home. So leave it up to me and all the technology falls apart. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that I believe in in uh, the birth scene that Martha the mama did smell her newborn and so when she is in the market and she um, picks up that big fresh apple and she smells it to me that hit home because I have always felt that I've always it always seemed to me that a newborn smells like fresh apples okay so and I'm so gonna when have she was to... in the market, I thought, oh, she's remembering the smell of her brand new baby. So that was kind of touching to me, for me. But I don't know how many people think newborns smell like fresh apples. <laughs> <laughs> well, two things. I think that that is cool that you made that connection in the movie because that, that is touching if that were, you know, what their message was. And two, I can't say that I've ever thought that a newborn baby smelled like an apple. So now the next birth that I go to, I'm going to be <laughs> sniffing that baby like, do you smell like an apple? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Somebody asked me the other day, what does amniotic fluid smell like? I want to hear what you would, would say in response to that. Amniotic fluid doesn't have an odor. That's what I said. And they were like, no, it really does. When my water broke, it, it smelled like, like creamy. And I was like, what does creamy smell like? That's a tactile yeah. sense. <laughs> um. Okay, I was just making sure because I'm like, I don't think that it really smells. And so I didn't know if you felt the same way about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, cause, because we're often questioning whether the mama wet herself, accidentally wet herself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, urine has a smell. Mm -hmm. However, very diluted urine has a very slight smell only. Mm -hmm. But I have not noticed amniotic fluid to have a fragrance of any kind. Neither have I, which reminds me of one of the very early days of my apprenticeship with Marlene and we had a transport go to the hospital the mama drops her drawers to put on the gown Marlene picks up her underwear which have a pad in them and puts it right in her nose to smell it and oh jeez I'm sitting there as this new apprentice going oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Are we supposed to sniff underwear? Oh, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> but, but the whole point was she was trying to figure out if she had ruptured membranes or not. Yeah. So, you know, I got it after the fact, but still I was like, oh, I'm never doing that. <laughs> no, I, I use pH paper or an amnio test. Me too. <laughs> I'm not sick of my nose in somebody's underpants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we get up close and personal, but I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to get 
Don't have to do that. Do not have to perform smelling underwear. No. Oh, I got drenched the other day. I had a rupture. I haven't had one of these ruptures in a while where it's what that, like, that classic movie, like, bursting of fluids everywhere. And, you know, mama's on all fours and I'm right behind her giving some counter pressure. I literally take my hand off to switch out the washcloth and bam. And I mean, I had amniotic fluid from head to toe. I'm not even kidding you. I was drenched. I was like using my arm, wiping my face off. I'm like, oh my God, I can't see. I'm covered in amniotic fluid. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. And, of course... I, I had a cute experience once when um, the apprentice was catching, and I took the chucks pad, or I, I got a new chucks pad, and I put it over her lap. And she's looking at me like, what's that for? I said, just leave it there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, that mama's water broke, and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, actually. It really? shot across the room like a fire hose. That's I how this never was. I've seen that before. We all just went, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and just looked at me and she said, okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Covering up her lap. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always carry an extra set of clothes in your car. Always. 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 I couldn't wait to get those soaking wet clothes off. Oh, yeah. Okay, so did we wrap up Pieces of a Woman? I think we we did it. Okay. So we did. what's on the horizon for you? Do you have many babies due right now? I do. Um, yeah, got lots of babies. And um, I don't think I've ever been busier in my career. Ditto. Um, Yep. I feel like all of us are extremely busy. My practice has doubled at least. Wow. Well, but I'm coming from a place of this is 20. So this is my, I've done two full years of Cleveland home birth in Cleveland. So for my practice to double, doesn't mean a whole lot because I wasn't that busy being brand new just two years ago in Cleveland. Like nobody knew me in Cleveland before. So it's kind of, I think not just the pandemic for me, but the fact that my name is now out there a lot more than it used to be. I, you know, I have a reputation now, whereas before I, I, nobody knew me, but you wouldn't say that you've doubled. No. Really? No, I have not doubled. Um, I have added maybe, um, well, I don't know, maybe another birth a month. But that's not doubling it for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you look at the, the end results. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like the pandemic has just tipped a lot of people over the edge that were considering home birth, like maybe for their first baby or whatever, and then COVID happened and it was like, okay, now I'm definitely having a home birth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but at the same token, we had many, many inquiries. And when they 
you know, when I send them some information, like through an email explaining how, you know, you have to realize that home birth is very different from a hospital birth. We don't have pain meds. Um, you know, we're not, um, um, putting a monitor on you, you know, um, we expect you to be up and moving and nibbling on food throughout your labor and those kind of things. And then you share the cost and, and then you don't hear from those people anymore. So I don't know if it's because they thought they could have an epidural at home. That's what, no, <laughs> truthfully, I mean, that's sorry, what I found. No, I don't have an anesthesiologist on, on board here. <laughs> um, that's what has happened to me. I will say you're right. The inquiries are out the wazoo, but the actual turnover from those inquiries is a pretty small percentage. And a lot of them will ask me, do you give epidurals at home? And it's hard for me not to laugh when they ask right. me that. I'm thinking, do you know what an epidural is? And why do you think that we could do that at home? But we do monitor them. I gotta, I gotta point that out. You say we don't strap a monitor on them. Well, no, we don't do constant monitoring. Like they have the TOCO monitor and the fetal monitor on them at the hospital 24 seven, but we do do intermittent monitoring of mom and baby. Absolutely. Yep. But yeah, you're right. So the inquiries are up, but the actual turnover of that is not very big. And quite honestly, um, it's a big deal for me when I'm interviewing a client or a client is interviewing me rather to know why they're doing a home birth or why they desire to have a home birth. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the cost comes into play and I, I don't understand, um, you know, what I have no idea what some people think a home birth might cost. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, they, they, um, they want insurance to cover it and insurance doesn't cover it. And of course that to me, that's ludicrous because a hospital birth costs, you know, three, four, five times more than a home birth does. Correct. But, um, but I do think that having or deciding to, to go with a home birth because of cost is the absolute wrong reason. The worst. Birth. I won't, I, that's a, that's a red flag. No, for me, I won't entertain those people. Nope. And the fact of it is, it could end up costing you more than a hospital birth because you're gonna have to pay me for my services. And if you transport, you're going to have to pay the hospital for their services as well. So it could be a way more expensive option in the long run. Exactly, because you're hiring us because you want somebody there to make sure things are staying within the realms of normal. Mm -hmm. And if during that, if we're at your home during labor and we say, you know, whatever is happening and it looks like it'd be better for you to be in the hospital, then we've done our job. Correct. That's why you hired us. So now we have done our job and we have earned the pay. Correct. So we're not going to give the money back. You have to, you know, you have to recognize that we've done our job. 
Right. Therefore, we deserve the pay. Now you have to pay the hospital and the doctor and the nursery and the, and the, and the, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and I do tell them that, that it, in the end, it could cost more if it ends up in a transport, and there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees at home, and there's no guarantees in the hospital. Yeah, I say the same thing. Yeah. I want them to be aware. I want my clients, I mean, my whole practice is based on informed consent. You know, exactly. I want them to be well-educated and know what all the risks and benefits are before making a decision. And that's why when people interview me, I tell them, I don't want to know right now. I want you to go home and pray about it and think about it. I want you to make a well-sound decision. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I'm waiting on four babies right now, I think. And man, I had a birthquake there the end of November. I had five and seven days. That was a wild ride. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> those are hard days. Wow. <laughs> but oh. God is so good. Literally it was every other day. I, and, and they were all four hours or less. Wow. All five of them. God blessed you, sweetie. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Hey, I had three babies in December that had absolutely cool birth dates. I really like it when babies have cool birth dates. You know, like yesterday would have been a cool birth date. One, 21, 21. Uh-huh. So in December, we had 12, 12, 2020. Nice. And then we had 12, 20, 2020. Nice. And then we actually had a Christmas morning baby. So that's always a cool, cool birthday. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those are fun. I haven't had a Christmas baby yet. I've had a Christmas Eve baby, and I've had an Easter baby. Uh, I haven't had Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's. Well, I had, yeah, I did have a New Year's. That was a long, long time ago, though. We had a New Year's Eve baby. It was a little girl, and they named her Eva. Aww. <laughs> That's cute. That is cute. Yeah, so we're just rocking and rolling. I decided to take the month of September off because I literally have five to seven clients due a month from here until August. Wow, yeah. Good for you. I'm yeah. actually taking September, well, most of uh, half of September off going out west with my uh my uh daughter and her family where are you gonna go we're going to mount rushmore and crazy horse mountain and jackson hole and yellowstone that sounds wonderful i'm so happy you're doing that yeah gotta do it yeah well, Barb, it has been a pleasure chatting with you and doing our fabulous movie review Oh, I forgot we were doing that. <laughs> I know, we just get carried away talking. Will you come back on the show again sometime? Sure. Yeah, let's have pick. To. So everyone listening, send us some emails and write some reviews on Spotify, iTunes, uh, whatever platform you listen to our podcast. Write some reviews and let us know what questions do you want us to answer what things do you want us to talk about? Because this is about you. We're bringing you the information and the chit chat and we want to entertain you. 
We know you have lots of different options of things to listen to, so I'm super grateful that you choose the home birth experience to listen to. Um, again, Barb, thanks for being here. Toledo Midwives, how can people find you if they're in Toledo and looking for a midwife? Uh, we have a website, toledomidwife.net. Perfect. Basically, that's how it is. I've been around for a long time, so a lot of it is just word of mouth. Awesome. Are you on social media at all? Um, for Toledo Midwives? No. No. All right. So everybody got to go to ToledoMidwives.net. And as always, no, what? It's not, it's not Toledo Midwives. It's Toledo Midwife. Oh, ToledoMidwife.net. Yeah. Oh, I got it this time? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. And as always, listen, subscribe to the Home Birth Experience, and you can find Cleveland Home Birth on Instagram and Facebook. Have a wonderful day, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye.